Hey friends, and welcome to The Shadow Show, where we shed light on the everyday woman. I'm your host, Emma Danzi, and I'm dedicated to bringing you real-life stories and interviews with everyday women. So let's get started. Hello, hello friends. Welcome to episode six. This is a unique episode because my dear friend, Alex Robinson, who was interviewed last week on the show, is going to be interviewing me this week. A little bit about myself, I'm a 25-year-old living in North Carolina. I previously founded Polished Conference Ministries, released two music EPs, and ran the Refined Magazine. Now I'm enjoying the simplicity of life in my hometown as a Kids Tunes music instructor for early childhood, writing a Bible study, and running this podcast. It is a joy to sit down with you today and share some encouragement with you and the passion and the heart behind this podcast as your host, Emma Danzi. Hey, Alex. Hey, Emma. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Just swimming in a sea of moving boxes, but I'm good. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the Shadow Show today where we shed light on the everyday woman. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different if you are listening. Alex is going to be interviewing me today. And I'm so excited to get to share a little bit of my heart with you and just have her on the show. She's a great friend of mine, and I'm really pumped to answer your questions and be in the hot seat, so to speak, today. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on and letting me get to drill you. So I'm excited (laughs) about that. It's going to be fun. So, Emma, the first thing that I really wanted to ask you was just why the shadow show, the name, like its purpose. I know like the thin thread that we met, I actually met you when I when you were doing a concert and I grabbed your number and then it was like years went by before we actually really connected. Mm-hmm. And I just know like just kind of from a distance getting to see your heart, um, always loved following you, but I'd love to hear just the actual why of why the shadow show, why a podcast, you know, all the details. Yeah. So I absolutely love podcasts now. I got introduced to one that I love. It's called the Jamie Ivy show, the happy hour. You may have heard of it Mm -hmm. um, if you're listening, but I was introduced to that by my friend Delise. And so I started listening and just really enjoyed the conversational aspect and feeling like I was kind of a fly on the wall to somebody else's conversation while I was driving because I drive a lot with my job. And so as I was just listening and learning, I talked with you actually, and we were just talking about podcasting. And the week before I had been thinking it would be really fun to just try one because I love to talk and that's, you know, my thing. And and so I'm like, you're a good talker. (laughs) Well, thank you. You're a good talker too. And I just think we both have such, um, such an excitement over hearing people's stories and getting to know them. And I go lots of places and I don't like to meet strangers. I like to make friends. So my whole point in doing this show kind of rooted from the idea of interviewing not just women who we see on large platforms, but the everyday woman, because a lot of these podcasts and shows are highlighting people doing really incredible things and people that I personally look up to and I love listening to them, but also reminding the audience of women that the everyday woman 
is the majority of women and those mm-hmm. women are making a difference where they're at. And so to be an encouragement to them in that. So I formed the shadow show and the shadow show, I thought about it and I had just kind of been brainstorming and realized that I wanted to shed light on the everyday woman and how everybody has a shadow, but you don't know it's there until you shed light on it. And so the moment you shed light on the shadow, you can see it. And a lot of times I feel like there's a lot of really amazing women around us who are doing really great things for the Lord and in their communities. And we don't know exactly what that is until we shed that light on their lives. Mm-hmm. And and I think by doing this, it, it just paints one of my favorite verses, Psalm, Psalms 37, so well about dwelling in the land and feeding on his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Because... You're right. Like when you listen to some of these podcasts, which are great, but sometimes the people are so far from where you're at in life, it's hard to relate. Yeah. And so I know I was so encouraged when you interviewed Hannah just to see like, okay, what does dwelling in the land actually look like, like right now today, Mm -hmm. like not five years from now, but what can I do tomorrow night to just encourage someone or point them to the Lord? So I, I think that's so beautiful. Well, thanks. And I just, I love it. And, and I actually really want to highlight someone who impacted me in a really amazing way and probably doesn't even know it. And I would love to have her on the show, but her name is Emily Sachs. And she worked with me with Polished Conference Ministries for a little while on our Refined Magazine. She was a blogger and just an amazing writer, but her ministry is called To Unearth. And To yes. Unearth was about the beauty and the mundane. And up until that point, I was very much a big dreamer. And I think that a lot of times I would put a pressure on myself that things had to be big to make a big impact. And Mm -hmm. I needed to reach people in such a large way. And, you know, it didn't have to be a numbers thing, but just accomplishing big goals and big dreams. And I think that those are definitely God-given but I was missing out too on the importance of what, what was around me. Mm-hmm. And so she really taught me the beauty in the mundane. And so if you're listening and you want to check out their blogs, it's really a, a great website to encourage you where you're at. And it's to unearth.org. And so I think that was a big turning point for me. And so I'm really encouraged by what they're doing and just want to share in that, in that I'm telling people about the stories of real life women doing very different jobs, living different lives and different stages. And I think we can learn a lot from each other. Well, and I think honestly, like at the time when you started talking about a podcast, I was like, Oh, that's so cool. That's so different. But now that you tell the story, Um, it honestly makes so much sense because you are so good at drawing people into conversation and, um, and you are so good at championing other people's stories. And I think it's so cool that honestly, it, it's all come together and something that fits you so well. Well, thank you. I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute editing sometimes not as much, (laughs) Yeah, but I love talking with people and getting to share what they're doing and encourage them. Cause I know that the people that encourage me meant so much to me. So I want to be that for others. Mm-hmm. Well, and 
actually something that you were talking about there kind of leads into another question that I wanted to ask you um, because I feel like you do this so well. So I think it's funny that someone else taught you this, but now you're teaching other people and that's blooming where you were planted. Because if I could describe Emma Dancy in one sentence, I think it would be that she doesn't seek a stage to speak, but it's just a space to love on people. Mm. And I feel like you do that so well. So how, how have you cultivated just blooming where you're at, where you're planted, being faithful with what's now and just being present? Oh, thank you. I, it, it's so encouraging to hear you say that because a lot of times I don't feel that way. <laughs> because it's a battle and I think it's every day having to fight the lies that where I am isn't enough or really the biggest root of all of my insecurities and fears is I'm not enough and mm-hmm. so to really rest in where I'm at and and try to keep perspective I think the Lord's really been shaping me so I do the one word each year and that word is my focus and there's books on that. And I really have enjoyed that. I've done it the past three or four years, but this year my word is faithful. And my verse is Luke sixteen ten, which talks about that. He who is faithful in the small things um, will be faithful in the larger things basically. And, and so my goal this year really has been to be faithful in what seems small because it can be making a big impact. And so whether that's doing Cultivate Monday nights with our small group of young women, or it's loving on a kid at a school that I'm helping teach music at, I think that I have to keep in the forefront of my mind that that's where the Lord has me that day. And that's where I need to serve him. And something that really hit me a couple months ago was if we had the perspective of evangelism in the way that we focused on one person a day, then Mm -hmm. 365 days go by. And in a year we've impacted 365 people who probably went and impacted somebody else because of the seeds we planted in them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we think we have to go and encourage, especially like, I I love being with big groups. I think it's great. We have to go Mm -hmm. and, and have this mindset of encouraging these big groups of people and seeing this change in all these lives. When really, what if we just prayed the simple prayer of God, show me my one person today, help Mm -hmm. me to see who it is. It could be the cashier at a grocery store, or it could be a student at my school, or it could be someone in my family that day, but keeping my eyes open to the opportunity each day where God gives me uh, a chance to love on somebody and witness to somebody and share his love. And I think that's been huge in that. And so that's just kind of overflowing into everything else that I'm doing. And I still have big dreams and I still have Mm -hmm. um, goals for myself. But I think at the end of the day, I just want to be faithful where I'm at. And it's a battle. I mean, you know, I, this, this past week I was like, am I in the right place? Do I need to be doing this or moving here or doing that? And I think God is just constantly reminding me so kindly (laughs) that I'm where he wants me to be. And and I'm enough where I'm at and he's enough mm-hmm. where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I, I think it's so funny that you said you struggle with that. And I know that we all feel like we're deficient in certain areas when other people see strengths. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just live that so well. And I know um, 
when I had first moved here and we reconnected and how you were organizing like hangouts and bonfires and going to the rodeo, like that wasn't necessarily ministry, but I was in a really like lonely, dark place, like moving back home, thinking I was a failure not, you know, most of the friends that I did have weren't here anymore. And Mm -hmm. even though that wasn't quote unquote ministry, just organizing girls getting together or bonfires like that fed me. And Mm -hmm. you, you made a place for me and that wasn't, you know, speaking on a stage and not to say that, you know, these things are lightly like, but it's just the little things do really make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone listening who doubts that or compares, maybe, I I think it can be really easy to be like, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not um, a worship artist or a speaker, but you still have an impact and, and you're still equally as valuable to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, I think all of these questions kind of lead into each other because Another thing that I wanted to ask you was how you've cultivated intentionality because you always make a point to reach out to connect with others. And even if you're in a place where you can't physically hang out, like you're texting or calling or just staying connected. And I know, like, I'm sure so many women listening would love to hear about that, me included, just like how you make time for that, but you don't overextend yourself. (laughs) Well, thanks. I'm working on that part. The overextending is hit or miss. But I think it's really from a place of former brokenness and hurt that I want people to feel loved. Because when I was in middle school, I know that that's a long time ago. However, (laughs) everybody has that middle school. It's the middle school story, right? (laughs) Um, So when I was in middle school, I had a lot of friends in sixth grade. And I had a best friend and then summer went on and the school year came to seventh grade and that year was just awful. My best friend turned on me and never told me why she turned all the girls on me and I got bullied all year. And it was just, I never did anything right. They would always pick on me because I was trying to be like a good Christian girl Um, I had gotten really involved in my youth group, so I'm trying to stand for the Lord, but then I felt very isolated. I had no friends at school, Um, and it was really funny to me because the girls that said that they were Christians were treating me worse than the ones that were um, more worldly, so I would sit with a couple of worldly girls. (laughs) Yeah, I would sit with the more worldly girls at lunch because they were actually nice to me, and they weren't gossiping right in front of me about me or you know, I would go to like picture day and I'd have a certain hairstyle and they'd make fun of it or um, we'd be on bus rides and they'd pick on me. And I mean, it was just, and it was a Christian school. I'll say that too. Um, It happens everywhere, but I would cry at night and I would just talk to God and I thankfully um, had my church and that meant a lot to me. And I had some friends there, but you know, it's day in and day out at the same school the same situation, not getting better through the year, but getting worse and, you know, questioning, do I need to leave and go to a different school? And, uh, but I just felt so lonely. I had no friends. um, And that's when I just cried out to God and I asked him to be my friend and send me a friend. And um, so I really had to rely on him. And so then just after praying all year, 
um, I ended up staying at that school for eighth grade just to finish strong. And one of my older friends came back around and was my friend again. And so it was, it was so nice, but I think it just taught me the value of friendship and that I wanted to be the kind of friend that I never had. And so then I just prayed and I had a great group of best friends and I had been praying and one of my friends in particular, who's actually been on the show, Avery, um, we became friends in ninth grade and she had been bullied in middle school as well with friendships and was praying for a friend that loved the Lord. And I was praying for a friend that loved the Lord and we became best friends in ninth grade. And Mm. long story short, we ended up going to college together, rooming together um, and are still best friends. I think we're over 10 years of friendship now to this day. And so uh, we just love to talk about that because so many, especially young women still in school are dealing with isolation, but reminding people, whether you're, you know, 13 or you're 37, that you can still pray for friendship and God will provide. But it really drove me to want to love on others well in the way that I wasn't and make yeah. them feel welcome because needs to know that they're welcomed and loved and of course some people are going to click easier than others and that's just how we are like sometimes you have more in common with people but still being welcoming and loving so now I mean it's so amazing sometimes I I have so many friendships it's overwhelming (laughs) I'm like I want to keep up with all of these friends that I have made through you know college or post-college and sometimes friendships are seasonal and I understand that too But it's just, it's been a blessing, but sometimes it's funny because now it's like, wow, there's like so many people to keep (laughs) up with and I want to love them all well. And so reminding myself to be present again with who is around me right now and love on the people the best I can that, you know, are in different cities now or things like that. But that really drives my intentionality because it is so important to me because I never had that um, when I was younger and it really you know, shaped me. And in that hurt, I think there came a healing and wanting to be the kind of friend that I never had. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you don't have an example of what to do, but more so what not to do. And it sounds like that's kind of how that started. You didn't really have that, but you became that for other people. And I think it's so funny that, um, because this summer, like, I've hardly got to see you because, like, every weekend it's like, oh, I'm visiting this friend in Johnson City <laughs> or Atlanta or da 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 So, um, but, yeah, that that's really cool. And Yeah, you got to keep up. <laughs> well, and I don't know if there would be many min- middle school ladies listening, but just for the off chance that there is, if you could tell anything to the middle school Emma, what would you tell her? Well, I love them. <laughs> I, I, I've worked with them at youth and I have some middle school friends and even high school too. Sometimes it's not middle school, it's high school, but yeah. I just find middle school to be more challenging overall with friendship. But I would just say to keep pressing on, um, to keep reminding yourself that God is your friend. You know, you are a friend of God. He calls you his friend. And and even if you feel friendless, to not neglect the possible unexpected friendships in your lives. Cause maybe your friend this season is your mom or your sibling mm-hmm. or your dad, or, um, so he's providing something for you. Just, just trying to push through though. And, 
And in those moments of persecution, which it really is, these are your moments where it will shape the rest of your life and determining how you're going to handle yourself when you're not cool or people uh, push you aside or don't want to hear what you believe or make fun of you. But remembering that Christ went through everything that we've gone through and, and he, and he relates to you. So even if you feel completely alone and misunderstood, he relates. And so keep Mm -hmm. just pushing through even when it's hard Um, and to older women, you know, and, and maybe this goes to younger women too, but maybe your biggest fight is insecurity in being intentional. Cause I know a lot of people are afraid of that rejection because of that hurt, but yeah. I believe insecurity is the paralyzer to authentic friendship and outreach. And so if we live there, we're going to be stuck. And so pushing past those things that, you know, make us feel like no one will accept us or no one will want to be our friend because you really don't know until you try. And, you know, some people may not want to be your best friend, but God's gonna, you know, use those opportunities to shape you still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And I know one of my favorite verses, um, because I was very much kind of in, I feel like we're very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I had like the same story through middle school where I had, and I, was at a small Christian school as well up until seventh grade. And it was just that same culture. And I remember, you know, just because I so believed in what I did, I never pushed it on anyone, but Mm -hmm. I was often isolated because people were assuming I was judging them when it was the furthest from the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's just so hard, but I know the verse that I hung on to then was in Psalms 23 in the passion translation, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always Mm -hmm. have more than enough. And that's just, it's so sweet. I I do think when you have those seasons where it's just you and the Lord being a friend and he teaches you how to be a friend, it Mm -hmm. enables you to be a better friend. Yes. That was a lot of friends in one city. (laughs) I love it. But, um, well, there is the one question. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like we always have to talk about boys because we're girls and that's what we do. Yeah, we've um, done it since before middle school for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, singleness. How have you navigated singleness, like good and bad? Because I know we've all navigated good. Sometimes we've navigated it terrible. Um, but what does that season look like for you now? Okay, so let me tell you a little something. Okay. (laughs) I did not grow up the little girl who couldn't care about guys less. I had my first preschool kiss at the age of three. (laughs) (laughs) You never told me that. I did. And so I've just always loved the boys. I was that girl. Like, I would have a crush every year. I I mean, since then. (laughs) And that's where our similarities end. (laughs) And I just wish I was you. Like, I thought it was so weird. I have a really close cousin named Katie and, and she just didn't really notice boys until probably middle school. (laughs) But I'm just like, (laughs) I didn't become aware of boys until like two years ago. I just think because I have three brothers I was just like they're gross they make stupid jokes like See, I'm just over it <laughs> that was my problem oh, right. I have a sister and so it was just I don't know for me I've just always had such a desire to be a wife and a mom and 
ever since I was a little girl, you know, mm-hmm. loved all of that. I really liked a guy from ninth to 12th grade and <laughs> it had just gotten really sticky. It ended really badly. And I just was like, Lord, like, <laughs> I don't know if there could ever be a good Christian guy out there who really would actually respect me mm-hmm. because of how that all went down. And just through a lot of heartbreak, pressing forward into college, I went to Liberty University and, you know, of course it's a Christian school, so they're going to promote marriage a lot. And um, you kind of had a range of guys. So you had the guys that were ready to get married, like the day they met you and they were just too much. I'm dating you with the intention to marry you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. yeah, They were too much. (laughs) They would be the kind of person that maybe would say, God told me I was going to marry you, you know, and you're kind of like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was the other half who, I don't know why, I don't know if it's just the Christian culture, but they just wouldn't date anyone. They wouldn't ask a girl on a date ever. And that seemed to be the type of guy that I would always like. (laughs) And so I, again, kind of just had a few moments of getting strung along in college and just really pushing through the questions of that, you know, like, Lord, like, why are you not letting any of these guys that I actually like pursue me and they don't pursue anybody? And, you know, what's wrong here? And I do think that there are some issues in our generation in the Christian culture. And my pastor blames, I guess, dating goodbye. <laughs> Cause I think we don't know how to date. Like, no. and I think that's hard. I mean, and I also believe that I'm a, I'm a type of woman that has a lot of drive and knows what I want. And I'm really focused on my ministries that when the right type of person comes along, I'll know. So for me, it's just more of a focus. It's, and some people are great casual daters. I have some friends that do it in a really healthy way. And I've learned that's just not me and not putting that pressure on myself, but knowing that I'm just so in tune with the Lord and prayerful that I'll know when I'm supposed to walk through a door, if that makes sense. And I also believe that God knows me better than I know myself. Mm -hmm. And he has put me where he wants me in my hometown for a reason. You know, I'm very focused, but I'm also very single. (laughs) Yeah. Then once you do start to get into your everyday and accepting that, and, you know, I moved into a new job, it can be a little harder because most people in the Christian community, my age, I'm 25, are married (laughs) or they do have a boyfriend. And so I think men and women in our age bracket, it can just be really difficult in the church in particular to be a single because I think that a lot of times the well-meaning body of Christ can sometimes put labels on people or rush God's timeline for your life. And I I can't tell you just how many times well-meaning people have been like, you know, I just don't know why you're still single. You're so pretty and so smart and so nice, blah, 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 blah. And they think oh. they're helping and it works. And you're like, I don't know either. <laughs> like, I know there's so many awesome things about me. <laughs> why yeah, did or, see it? Or let me set you up with so-and-so. And then oh, you're like, no. I'm good because um, you you've know so-and-so and you know that's not going to work. And so it's just realizing that you are where God has you. 
And if God had the plan for me to be married right now or have a boyfriend right now, I would have that. And so it's just been this journey of really daily choosing what God has for me that day. And when people talk about contentment, that really has driven me nuts. And I, and I think it's because of the approach. I'll talk with a lot of my single friends and sometimes people who have boyfriends or get married, forget what it was like. Um, I love them, but it does happen with people. And so they might say something like, well, when I got content, God brought me <laughs> my, my, my husband. And I, I truly hope I'm in a great place when my husband comes. Like I want to be serving the Lord where I'm at so faithfully, but at the same time, it's not a formula to earn. And that's becoming workspace faith. That's prosperity gospel. Like you're going to earn your husband. And I just don't believe that. And I believe that I am exactly where I am and I'm who I'm supposed to be because God has blessed me with the gift of singleness right now to focus on the things that he wants me to accomplish. And that could change tomorrow. You never know what the Lord is going to do. And so I think just being ready as a single woman, I would tell you, prepare yourself, prepare your heart, enjoy the time with the Lord that you have. You know, I try my best to have quiet time every day. And, um, I pray Luke 24, 45, Lord, open my understanding that I may comprehend your gospel today, your scriptures, because I want to know more of who he is and learn more about myself. And so if I think about my 22 year old self getting married, which was always the ideal, you know, right after college. And I think about myself now I'm way more whole and I'm way more equipped to be the kind of wife that my husband deserves. So I am grateful for that time because I can go into that marriage being more prepared and more ready to be a more effective wife and help my husband be the best man he can be because I'm the best woman I can be. Yeah. And, and you said something there that really resonated with me and I'm sure it will with a lot of other women is the whole fact that it's almost like marriage and a husband and a family is like something you have to obtain. And it's like, well, when you get content, cause I know, I don't think it's what people try to convey, but it's what it always comes across as. And, and that's something the Lord's really been walking me through is yes, there's a process, but it's not a process of earning. It's a process of fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I know that series that you shared with me and we were kind of listening to it at the same time. Yes, the Todd so series. Yeah. He talks about the three P's before the person, you know, yes. you have, you know, your, um, wait, I think it was three P's. It was like your relationship with the Lord and then your place and your purpose. Uh-huh. And then that person comes along and it's not these it's not this ladder that you have to climb to then get the thing you want. No, it's just him taking like the long way home and just spending time with you and loving on you. And, and I know that was so helpful for me because I felt like it was like, well, if I'm a better Christian or if I could control my tongue a little better then maybe I'd have a boyfriend right now, or (laughs) I'm not good enough to have a boyfriend or, yeah. Or am I in the wrong place? Do I need to move to a big city to find one? You know, Emma, let's be honest. There are no country music songs about the pale freckly redhead. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's like guys wish list. (laughs) Oh, but you're beautiful. Well, thanks. But I heard they like reds, but (laughs) and then one thing I did want to share was just that I struggled at one point. It was just one night because 
the Lord is so faithful to answer us when we cry out to him. But I was just like, Lord, I do not understand if you related to everything that we did, if you really went through everything, how could you relate to me and my waiting for a husband? Like you never got married. Like that's not really a thing, you know? (laughs) And so it was just kind of really frustrating me. Then I, I was just praying and I was like, well, you know, it says that you related in every way. Like, how did you relate to me in this waiting that I'm, I'm dealing with? And then suddenly it hit me and I can't remember the scripture off the top of my head. Sorry, this is, this is real. This is live. Yeah, It's in the New Testament and it talks about how nobody knows the time that God is coming back and that not even the son knows. So Jesus doesn't know what the father's plan is for coming to get his bride, the church. But Jesus is waiting. So in that moment, when I read that scripture and thought of that, thank you, you know, Google, um, <laughs> I I was like, wow, right now I'm waiting for my husband feeling like you can't relate to me, Jesus. But right now you're waiting for me. You're waiting for all of us as your bride to come to you. And you don't know when that time's going to be. And so it was just an aha moment. Wow. I can't believe that he really does relate to us in every way. And he understands the pain and the the weight of, you know, the anticipation. And so sometimes that weight can be really hard, really lonely. Comparison is a real trap and we have to fight it daily. We have to, you know, know our scriptures. We have to surround ourselves with other single women that can motivate us and we can motivate them. I pray with a friend every Sunday night. Her name's Abigail. And we encourage each other because we know we need it in this season. And so each week, one of us may be really confident and the other one might be really struggling. And I think that's a beautiful thing to encourage each other in that and spur one another on. Um, and so, you know, there's those hard days and, and they come, but I think realizing that our emotions are going to come and they're going to change and, and we just have to cling to the truth and know that, all right, I feel sad today, or I feel lonely today and not ignore it. Cause sometimes I've ignored it, but receive that feeling and take it to God and say, this is how I feel. I need you to help me through this today. Help me work through this. I'm going to acknowledge this. Um, sometimes it's uh, acknowledging the grief of, you know, all my friends are married and I'm alone. Lord, be there for me. Be my husband today. Help me feel loved because I'm grieving the relationship that I don't have and desire so much. And I think just remembering that he's going to be faithful. And another scripture I love, it's Luke 1 and it's talking about Mary And it says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. And I don't know, you know, our future, if you're listening, I don't know if we're going to get married. I don't know if you have a husband. I don't know if I have a husband. I believe that that might be something that I'm called to. But just remembering that God is faithful to his promises and he promises that he's going to never leave us and always be with us. And so just clinging to those things. And I, again, I love what you said, it kind of goes along with Jackie Perry. She's one of my favorite people in the whole world. She was a mentor to me and still is to this day. But she always said, master, mission, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so if you focus on God, focus on your mission, he will bring the mate within the time of, you know, you serving him. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and ah, man, just what we don't even recognize what the Lord may be shielding us from. Because yes. I know like I was in a, a wonderful relationship and it was good and he was godly and I know he would have been a good dad and a good husband. Um, but we both recognized that we were called to different things and one of us was always going to be put on the back burner. And mm-hmm. I feel like for a season that would have been me and then a season that would have been him. And, and sometimes I think it's not the Lord holding out on us. He's actually holding something back for us. Yes. That's going to equally um, benefit and, and just make us, oh man, like I'm just so thankful that the Lord knows what's best for us because if I had jumped into what I thought was best, I would so not be what I'm doing right now. Plus mm-hmm. I was like 20 and I don't think it should be legal for 20 year olds to consider. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, so dangerous I mean I'm not you know against you know like my parents got married at like 19 had me at 20 I'm not saying it can't work it depends on your spiritual age and where you are and and your emotional age because I was an emotional child (laughs) yeah well and I think it's just it's true you know I've liked countless guys that I'm like why did this not work out or why did they not give me a chance and coming back to that is just such a comforting thing. Like the sovereignty of God has been such a comfort in my life because I know without a doubt that if that's who God had, I would be with them. And, and he is so faithful to hear my prayers and not, not sending me the wrong person, not letting me be with the wrong person that he won't even let me end up on a date with the yeah. guys that I like. And and sometimes that can be really hurtful and painful to me. But then I remember God is protecting me and mm-hmm. I, I'm in some type of a bubble. And I'm like, I cannot wait to meet my husband to see what on earth were you praying over me? Because, like no one even got near me. And I, I hope the same for him, honestly. Like if he's <laughs> listening, <laughs> well, that, I reminds hope the same. Me, that reminds me of, you know, the whole culture of, you know, kiss, dating goodbye and all of that. I was so in that like youth group church world. And I remember praying this prayer that I journaled at 12 and I highly regret it, but I think it's okay. <laughs> I remember praying, Lord, any relationship that's not my future husband, either let me find him unattractive or let him find me unattractive. And I still have it written in a journal. And I'm like, why did I pray that prayer? Because <laughs> it is work. <laughs> And so always coming back to that gratitude and being thankful. And I think that helps our perspective every day. And if you're not single, that's awesome. Cause that's what God has for you now. If, if you're honoring the Lord with that and you're dating, that's so great. And if you are married, that's where God has you. And that's good. And I think every, each one is good. Whatever you've been given, that is God's plan where you're at. And, and it's how you can best serve him. And that at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I'm thankful to be single. I, you know, dream of the day that I'm not, but I'm also living in the now and embracing it better and better. The older I get, it gets harder in a way, but it also gets easier. And so it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a funny balance. You know, maybe I'm not going to get married. Um, I really believe that it is what God has and I'm going to trust him regardless. And he is good, but I just felt like, you know, don't give up on the prayer. Don't give up on the hope because sometimes I've been in places of despair where I can't even pray 
for my future husband because it just made me sad. Yeah. And I have other people pray for me because I just can't pray for him because um, it makes me think about it, you know. Um, but then there's times where I'm just like, Lord, renew my hope. Like, help me to have a hopeful anticipation without being um, desperate or, um, you know, idolizing it. But but keeping this balance of I'm going to live in today, but I also desire this. And God knows that. And being real with myself and where I'm at each day too. And having those, you know, friends that are believers and mentors around me to encourage me in my walk with where I'm at. Well, it kind of reminds me of one of my absolutely favorite, hands down favorite messages I've ever heard. And it was this message and they were talking about um, how faith is his favorite part. And it's kind of like a parent on Christmas morning when Mm -hmm. once you open the presents, it's over. But it's the anticipation. It's the excitement of your kids, like, shaking the box and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, trying to guess. And they guess and guess and guess. And sometimes they get it right and you just kind of grin. And then sometimes they're totally wrong, but you still are just smiling. And, like, that's God's favorite part is faith part. And so his favorite part is when we're in communion with him and we're fellowshipping with him about our promise to come. And then it comes and he's like, oh, shoot, well, that's over. Time to get the next, you know, faith adventure. And so I'm trying to look at it like that and not a um, a burden, but more of like a sweet time of anticipation. Yes. And I think if we can look at it that way, our whole perspective changes. And and it truly may just be a season for us. And it Mm -hmm. just may last a little longer. It's like Groundhog Day for us, after, <laughs> you know, after you hit your 20s and you're kind of like, okay, am I gonna get married now? Or is it is it gonna be lasting a little bit longer for me? And, and I think it's different for everybody. Well, that's something I was just thinking about, like this week was I was kind of like, man, I'm coming up on like, a uh, singleness anniversary of like it's sad when you know when you broke up with someone um but I was like man it's been like a whole year and I've not like nobody's tried to pursue me like obviously I've not really made myself like super available because I've just been going through some healing but I was like lord like what's going on and then recently finding out that I'm moving to another city it's like oh my gosh now it all makes sense like had I been tied down or started you know, some emotional soul ties, would I have been as willing to just move so quickly when this opportunity came up? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, you never know what's the next step. And he already has it planned out. I think that kind of wraps up all of the the questions that I have for you. Is there anything else you just want to share about the shadow show and, and, you know, where you'd love to see it go, like how you'd love to connect with them and anything you want to share with us or about you? Yeah, well, right now, I have three different passions in my life, and one of them is this show, and one of them is my job with Kids Tunes. It's a music program for preschoolers, and I love it. And then the third thing is I have written a Bible study. This is the first time I've shared this publicly, and it's on the life of Eve, and I'm currently going through edits with my editor, and I just actually did the first two weeks of revision yesterday. So I'm really excited. But my heart and passion is really to inspire women to embrace the extraordinary. That's always been at the forefront of what I do. And so with the shadow show, that's just uh, one avenue that 
that I do that. And, and I, I'm totally like pro men. I love men. I love my dad. I love the men in my life. I think they're awesome. I just am a woman. I'm a girl's girl. And I know that not everybody is, and that is totally fine. Like the Lord has made you unique in the way that you are. He might be completely not into girly things, but I love that. And I think the Lord has wired me to want to encourage other women in that so that we can be co-laborers with Christ, not competitors. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in the competition of being a woman and creating standards for ourselves because of those around us. Um, I'm actually off of social media in a lot of ways right now uh, because it's really helped me stay focused in the present and not compare my life to others. And I've been really happy doing that. So anyone listening who's maybe tempted to try that and wants to, I encourage you just to give it a week and see if it's something you want to keep doing long-term. I kept Facebook because I wanted to stay in touch with people, but kind of cleaned it up and just I don't get on very much, but my website, emmadanzy.com is my home base. That's E-M-M-A-D-A-N-Z-E-Y.com. And that is where you can find most of my um, blogs or stay connected. And I just, I really want to be faithful with where I'm at and be present. And I think the shadow show is just an overflow of those things, wanting to encourage other women in the past that God's called them on and and hopefully this show will grow to reach more listeners. And and so, you know, if you're listening and you want to give it five stars or write a review, that really helps other people to see this show. And I just think it's an awesome way to reach people that are in different cities and, and become a community of everyday women. Um, and if you know someone that maybe you want me to shed light on, I would love to shed light on someone that you know in your community. And so this, the goal of this is ultimately just to spread the love, spread the messages and just share Christ through the stories of other women. Hey, Emma. So it's the end of the show. And yeah. Like usual. Um, who is someone that you want to shed light on? So the person I want to shed light on this week is my sister, Annie. And I am just really proud of her. She's been through a lot this year. And she makes me think about Job 23.10, which talks about when he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. Mm -hmm. And she has just gone through a lot of transitions. She has bought a house and moved into that house. And she just started a brand new job today. And she um, has just pushed through a lot of fear and insecurity and a lot of hurt and taken that and clung to God and turned to him. I've just been really inspired by her. So my sister, Annie. Awesome. And also, what is the something that you'd like to shed light on? I would like to shed light on an app. <laughs> it's called Design Home. So I'm not a big gamer. My mom is. She loves like Soda Crush and all those games. But <laughs> I absolutely have loved this game. It's called Design Home. And you get a budget and then you get to literally get projects and design rooms and get scored for them. <laughs> and so that's so you get Joanne it is so much fun. It is so much fun. So I think it's partnered with HGTV. And so you'll be like, it'll literally give you an actual location. So it might say, you know, 
style this living room in Toronto, Canada in a traditional style. And so then you can go through all of these requirements of, you know, you got to have a chair, you got to have a couch, you got to have a coffee table, and you got to figure out, you know, what you can do when you buy the furniture with your budget and then you get diamonds and stuff and so it's just been really entertaining because I actually we can talk about this sometime after this podcast but I did interior design in college my freshman year and just checked it out (laughs) I I learned new things about you every time I talk all the time (laughs) there's just so much I liked it a lot but I hated the architecture but I love the decorating so this is just a fun way for me to get that decorative side out of me, I don't have to actually spend money um, and I can design rooms and it's really fun. And you get scored like with point or you get scored for your designs by other players. So it's really fun. Oh, cool. So it's not like an automated, like, this is how many no. you get. That's awesome. It's like people, you vote at the end to get keys so that you can unlock new things. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well thought out. Whoever well, invented it, thank you very much. That sounds <laughs> like it's a good road trip card game. It is. It's very fun. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show and kind of flip-flopping with me today. Um, I hope that you as listeners got to know me a little bit better through this conversation with Alex. Alex is such an inspiration to me. You are such a blessing as a friend in my life, Alex. So thank you for being on the show and taking the time to interview me so that I can share a little bit more of my heart with our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me and Alex as I was interviewed on just a lot of different areas of my life and my passions. And I'm so excited that I had the opportunity to kind of share a little bit more about myself with you. Our Bible verse club verse of the week is going to be my Bible verse of the year. That's Luke 16, 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Practice this Bible verse, and maybe next week we can have that one down together as well. If you're loving The Shadow Show, go ahead and give it five stars or comment so others can hear, and don't forget to subscribe. Next week, I am so pumped to have the founder of Shine Ministries, my former co-founder for Polished and a dear friend, author and speaker Debbie Presnell. We're going to hear a bit about her powerful testimony, life as a writer, and practical tips on how to stay positive each day. You do not want to miss this interview. I'm your host, Emma Danzi, and I will see you next time on The Shadow Show.